him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where Christ, the Christ, was to be born. So these wise men come, they come to the king and says, Hey, we followed the the Messiah's star and we don't know where he's at or where he's to be born. All they had was the star to guide them. They didn't really have scripture. They had the star. Herod was Jewish, but he was kind of a secular Jew. And he didn't know. So what did he do? He called in the chief priests and the scribes and he said, Okay, I need to know something. Where is the Christ to be born? Now this is hard on them because they rejected Jesus as Messiah. They did not acknowledge him as Messiah. But when... The king confronted the the chief priests and the scribes. He says, where is the Messiah to be born? And they said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea. How did they know that? How did they know that? For thus it is written by the prophets. But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah... For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. That is a quote, and we're going to go there right now, Micah chapter 5 verse 2. In fact, chapter 4 and chapter 5 is is descriptive of the future Messiah. And we're we're going to look at several things in there today. But it says... This, in Micah 5, T, but you, Bethlehem, Ephratah. You know, there's two Bethlehems in Israel. But this makes the distinction. But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are are, are from of old, from Everlasting, from everlasting. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 2. When did this happen? And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them. So they leave the king, and they're they're still following the star, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the, what's that word? The manger? The house. See, it wasn't on that night that he was born. It was some time later. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother. And fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That word child in the Greek is the word padion. And the ideal there is it is something from an infant to a seven-year-old child. It does not mean a newborn. An infant to a seven-year-old child. Now, Herod had told the wise men, when you find him, call me because I want to come and worship him too. 
Did he want to come and worship him? No, he wanted to come and kill him, didn't he? So the Lord appeared or, or told the wise men in a dream to, to not tell Herod. And so they left and went back another way. Matthew 2, 16, when Herod, then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise man, was exceeding angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem in all of its districts from two. Here's a clue to how old that Jesus could have been. It, it says from an infant to a seven-year-old. He, he probably wasn't seven. Evidently, he was under two. From two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise man. So what do we see here? Here I'm in my Debbie Downer mode. Okay, what we what we what we normally see in our, our traditional nativity is not what really happened. The star was not there. The angels were not there. Nor were the wise men there. That all of that came later. We'll we'll talk about the angels in a minute. But but those three things were not there. It happened up to two years later. Now that's from Scripture, okay? Now, is it okay if we have the nativity that we have? Yes, yes, yes. It's okay. It's okay. Because it represents all who had to do and were witnesses of the birth of, of Messiah. Now, let's talk a minute about the manger. I, we got a manger. I, I forgot to get it out. We got a manger back here, and it's made of wood. It's got straw in it. Let me show you a picture. We were shocked when we went to Israel, and we saw what a Jewish manger looks like. We got it right here. That's a Jewish manger. Does that look like wood? Looks like concrete, doesn't it? What is it? It's a rock. And out of that rock, they have hewn what, what is called a manger. So the traditional manger that we see, wood was really valuable over there, and it was used for more important things than mangers, like cross beams and houses and things like that. It was, uh, there's not a lot of trees, not like we have here uh, in, in Israel. Now let's go to Luke chapter 2. We're going to get into this, and we're going to look at some things. We're going to read the Christmas story. Let me start, start coming out of my Debbie Downer mode now. Because we're going somewhere with this, and I think it's good. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now, you know what's interesting about this? Because there are prophecies about where Jesus would be born, where he would where he would where he would come from, and even him coming out of Egypt later. There are biblical prophecies. God is orchestrating this whole thing. This governor, uh, Caesar Augustus, and this governor decided that they were going to tax the world. They were going to register them so that they could tax them. And listen, God was behind the whole thing. He was orchestrating the whole thing. And... Uh, He's bringing it about, and it's fulfilling Old Testament Scripture all the way through. 
Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. This is Bethlehem Ephratah. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was while that they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and lay him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. The traditional story that we always see is that Mary and Joseph come into Bethlehem and they start going from hotel to hotel to hotel and they're all full. You know why they're full? Because there's a bunch of people coming there to, to be registered. And there's another reason too. If, if the hotel guy or the innkeeper knew that the woman was about to give birth, if she gave birth in his inn, then that would be unclean. It would be ceremonially unclean. And so the story that we always see in all of the plays is that you got this innkeeper says, Listen, I don't have a room, but let me tell you, out in the barn behind the house, there's a stable back there. There's a stable back there, and you can use that. Is that what happened? That's somebody's imagination at work. Verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. We're going to come back to that right there in a minute. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and, the Joseph, Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told of them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told of them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. I got a question. How did they know where to go? The angel didn't tell them. But he said, this shall be a sign. We'll come back to that. There's an interesting story in the Old Testament. It's found in Genesis chapter 35. And this has to do with Rachel. Rachel. 
the wife of Jacob or Israel. And they were journeying. We found this in uh, Genesis 35, verse 16. Then they journeyed from Bethel, and there was but a little distance to go to Ephrathah. Rachel labored in childbirth, and she had hard labor. Now it came to pass when she was in hard labor that the midwife said to her, Do not fear, you will have this son also. And so it was, as her soul was departing, for she died, that she called his name Ben-Oni, but his father named him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, or Ephratah, which that is Bethlehem. And Jacob set a pillar on her grave, which is the pillar of Rachel's grave to this day. Then Israel journeyed and pitched his tent toward the tower of Adar. Now, what is interesting is that we look at this. Now, we know where Jesus is born where? In Ephratah, Bethlehem. Where, where was Benjamin born? In Ephrata, right outside of, and it was part of the city at that time, Ephrata, Bethlehem. And there's something that's very interesting here. I discovered this as I was reading one day. I was reading from the Amplified Bible. As, uh, it, it's interesting because Rachel's name means you, E-W-E, which is a, a, a grown female sheep. That's what her name means. So as she is dying, she names her son Benoni. And then Israel, or Jacob, changes it to Benjamin. It's interesting because Benoni means son of my sorrows. Son of my sorrows. Benjamin means son of the right hand. Do you see something there? Do you? Isaiah 53, 3 says, He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and pain and, and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised, and he did not appreciate his worth or, or, or esteemed him. Son of my sorrows. Jesus was a man acquainted with grief and sorrow. And then Benjamin means what? Son of the right hand. Isn't that interesting? Acts 2.34 says, For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand. Where is Jesus seated today? At the right hand of the Father. So he was the, the Messiah. He was the son of, of, of sorrow, acquainted with grief. He, he took our sorrows, and with his stripes we were healed. And now where is he seated? He's seated at the right hand. It's interesting that, that that happened on the north side of Bethlehem, Ephratah. That's interesting that that's where that happened. Okay? And then it says that, and, and in fact, there is a, there's a place today called Rachel's Tomb, and it's, it's in that area north of, of, of Bethlehem. And uh, it, it's right in that area. You can go see it even to this day where Rachel's tomb is at. And it says that after that that, that uh, Israel, 
after he had buried his wife, that he journeyed and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Ader. The Tower of Ader. Now, that's, that's not there by accident. That's there on purpose. Because there's a, there's a clue here. And uh, the Hebrew word is migdal Ader. Some people say Eder, Adar. We're going to call it Ader. Migdal Ader. In Alfred Edersheim's book, now Alfred Edersheim was a Messianic Jew. A lot of what I'm telling you today comes from Jewish tradition, not from New Testament. Jewish Old Testament and Jewish tradition. That the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem was a settled conviction. Equally so was the belief that he was to be revealed from Migdal Adar, Adar. Now, okay, let's go to Micah 4 8. We're going to look at it. We got it? O you, tower of the flock. Now, tower of the flock. What, what is tower of the flock? A lot of times the uh, people that, that had their, their flocks and their herds and different things, they would build a tower out there as a watchtower. And they would use that so that they could watch over their flocks, watch over their herds, and a place to bring them in for protection even sometimes. So th- it, was a, it was a tower. And this it says, O you, tower of the flock. Now that in Hebrew is Migdal Ader. The stronghold of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come. Even the former dominion shall come, the kingdom of the daughters of Jerusalem. Many of the Jewish people believes that Jesus would be revealed from Migdal Ader. Here is, here is what we see from Jewish writings. Is that in Bethlehem, north of Bethlehem, to, to Migdal Ader, was an area that was very grassy, very good for, for flocks. And this was a special group of shepherds that were appointed by the chief priests, the scribes, and their job was to raise the flocks that were to be used in temple sacrifices and also for the Passover lamb. This was not lowly shepherds. These were shepherds who were specially trained in order to raise these flocks that would be used. Now, every day in the temple, two lambs would be sacrificed. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of lambs in a year. Now, their year is a little bit different than, than ours, but, but over 700 lambs a year were, were used for temple sacrifices. These were raised by those shepherds, and they, they tended those flocks year-round. And they, they had this place called the Tower of the Flock where they would, they would watch over the tower. And there was a room in the bottom of that that when... In lambing season, they would bring those ewes in there as they were about to give birth. They would bring those ewes in there, and then when they would give birth, they would be protected. And this was called the stable or the manger. 
And what they would do when those babies were born, they would wrap them in swaddling, swaddling bands. And they would lay that lamb in that manger area, uh, the stall or even the, the manger that we looked at, so, that as it, so it wouldn't thrash about and injure itself, because if it injured itself, it would be blemished and couldn't be used as a sacrificial lamb. And they would do that until they could examine that lamb to see if it qualified to be used in temporal sacrifice. This was the significance of Migdal Ader. Was Jesus born in a stable behind an inn? No, this says that he would be revealed from the tower of the flock, or Migdal Ader. Let's go back to Luke 2. Let me, let me show you why this, I think this is so significant. As the angels were talking to the shepherds. Now these, what kind of shepherds were these? These were the special shepherds. These were the shepherds that were raising the, the sacrificial lambs that were to be used in temple worship. And he said, and this shall be a sign to you. You shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in if you look in the, the interlinear Greek it doesn't say a manger it says the manger where was Jesus born how did the shepherds know where to go it's because those angels was talking their language they knew exactly where to go they went to Migdal Ader where Messiah was born now interesting thing about this, this place is that they had to keep this place clean. It could not be unclean. And they had to do certain things for it to be ceremonially clean. This is where those sacrificial lambs were, were born. Jesus was born not in a messy stable with, with donkeys and camels and, and all of this and poo everywhere. No, th th this was a protected area. This was a clean area where... These sacrificial lambs were born. So you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. They knew exactly where to go. Let me give you another witness, then we're going to close. John chapter 1, verse 29. John the Baptist sees Jesus coming. This is after his baptism. And he says... Behold, the what? The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Where was that Lamb of God born? In the place where the sacrificial lambs were born. In Migdal Ader. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. God orchestrated the whole thing. He painted a picture all through Scripture. And you know what's interesting? That the very people who reject the Messiah are the ones who wrote about those things. Let me tell you, God someday is going to open their eyes and they're going to see with their own eyes what is in their own writings because it all points to Messiah, Jesus of Nazareth, born in Bethlehem.
in the tower of the flock. Amen? All right, let's stand. Hopefully we got a band coming. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. I destroyed your picture of the nativity, but that's okay. I